This is Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State, a podcast about exploring the hidden gems right in your own backyard. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State. We're wrapping up this season with a few final states. Alaska, which we'll be talking about today. Massachusetts, we'll cover in the coming weeks. I'm here with Sarah, the co-host of the show. Hello, Sarah. Hey, Marissa. So researching Alaska, local lore and legends, I didn't know what to expect initially, but I just wanted to kick off this Alaska urban legends episode with some commentary from Alaska residents that I came across in my research. Okay. Just a couple of quotes. One, Alaska is a scary but beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I've seen on Alaska and read checks out. I don't know about you, but I am a, so I don't watch a ton of reality tv but whenever you get to like alone or life below zero or like all of these like living in the arctic by yourself i'm just sucked in and anytime i see people in alaska just trying to survive like just living their life is Mm -hmm. terrifying yeah (laughs) so like you know paranormal stuff aside it's just a different world up there Yes, I think that it's funny because another quote that I have fitting there, just a perfect area for serial killers to flourish. <laughs> what a state tagline. Is that right. on the license plate? <laughs> it might need to be one of our unofficial bumper stickers that we create. <laughs> oh, man, can, we need one for oh, every state. We need to get some merch. That's perfect. We should. Yeah. So another one. Hello from Alaska. This place is stranger than you know. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Finally, too many strange stories coming out of Alaska for us to ignore. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, (laughs) There were so many. And it's, I don't know what the cause is. Is it because it's, you know, such a huge state, like 586,000 square miles 80% Mm -hmm. of Alaska, you can't even reach by car, right? Like there's no road system going to it. It's just the wilderness. So, I mean, I feel like that produces a lot of frightful sort of stories and potential for awful things to happen. Yes. I think a lot of it is just like also wilderness, you know, just like weird unexplored wilderness pockets that, uh, you know, if you can't really explore unless you are super prepared. This isn't just like when we were talking about Utah and it's a lot of desert. You could drive to it and then hike to it and get there. This is because the climate is so intense. The weather's yeah. so intense. There's no if, if, if you don't come prepared, you're basically going to die in yeah. a nutshell in Alaska. Yeah, and not only are there predators there um, and you might be mistaken for prey, there are you know, sometimes limited resources in the wilderness, depending on the time of year. But even if you go during a warm season, I don't know if you know much about mosquitoes in Alaska, but they're the unofficial state bird because there are so many during warm seasons because the um, the permafrost in Alaska has led to a lot of standing water throughout the year. And that just causes a crap ton of mosquitoes and you can be bit like a hundred plus times a minute. So if you're not prepared for that, you are going to have a real bad time. Wow. Just literal swarms of mosquitoes. That's crazy. I thought it was bad in Florida, but Alaska apparently takes the cake there. Yeah. Wow. 
Mm -hmm. Yikes. Okay. Yep. Um, so what was really cool about researching Alaska is there are a lot of cryptids, way more than I was anticipating. So many. And I'm assuming it's because of the indigenous culture there and the indigenous history, because we did kind of throughout this season of local lore and legends, we made that correlation that a lot of yeah. cryptids have to do with culture, whether it's mm -hmm. the Gullah Geechee or, um, you know, different indigenous tribes, it, it's culture kind of spawns these cryptids. Yeah. And then that's how the story snowballs into what we have today. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's because of the culture. So yeah, a lot of indigenous, you know, and Inuit sort of stories that have evolved or just uh, are still so strong in the culture there today, um, given that the population is still so, um, there's still so many indigenous people living in Alaska. So it's, yeah, it's, it's something that's just so deeply ingrained. And whenever I came across all of the cryptids, one, I was doing wild Googling trying to get the pronunciations because I'm like, I, got, mm. I have to do my best. And I think yeah. I got that, but, you know, sorry in advance. I'm, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> but there were so many and they were so different from each other, too. It wasn't yes. just like, oh, here's a, I mean, there is a variation of Bigfoot, but here's a Bigfoot and here's another guy. And this is also, you know, it's there were some really interesting ones that um, I came across. It was really cool. Yeah. Like. Just jumping right in, uh, Only in Your State has an article about the Otter Man, yes. which is also known as Kushtaka. Yep. And uh, it's a shape-shifting creature said to look like a cross between an otter and a man. Yes. Fascinating, because we've, we haven't really talked about any cryptid that has any sort of resemblance like to an otter. No, and also that's like a mid-sized cryptid. It's not it's not like the little guys or, you know, even the big ones. It's right in the sweet spot. Um Yeah. I did see that and also I there were some other shape-shifting creatures, but I thought it was interesting that the Kushtaka um there are like split stories like some say that they provide guidance and help to like travelers in the wilderness and others like, "Haha, no, we're going to lure you into the water and drown you." <laughs> yeah. So I did think that was really interesting, too, because um, different accounts from different people and different stories are saying, yeah, it's either they're going to trick trick uh, sailors or they're going to guide them to safe waters and things like mm -hmm. that, which I think is interesting. Yeah. It's like, what if that is a karma based uh, situation where oh, no. <laughs> let's say Kushchaka can see somebody for who they really are and good intention, bad intention, and make that decision. Of I how mean, they can I get my rating before I go to Alaska? <laughs> just so I know, like maybe I should do some extra like community work. I don't know. Lots of uh, good deeds. Just talk about it out loud as you're hiking. I mean, man, I did so much volunteer work. And I didn't <laughs> tell anyone. It was great. Uh, I do think that part of um, that sort of morality scale is interesting in all of these stories we've seen across, you know, states and even across countries, because to your point, like, yeah, maybe they can see who a person really is. And same with like spirit lights and Kelpies and Faye, like they will judge you based on who you are. Or are they just this mischievous little jerks that sometimes decide you know what? I was going to help you, but now I'm thinking maybe lure you into the swamp. <laughs> so, um, depends on how, their mood. Yeah. Like how the scale falls is really interesting. Um, 
all I know, if I go out into the wilderness and I see something that isn't either a bunny or obviously a human, <laughs> I'm just not going to interact with it. it. It's best if fair. I don't. Yeah. Fair, fair choice. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So very cool about the Kushtaka that um, <laughs> with the exception of them imitating cries of a baby to lure women into a river. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting that there are different stories about these cryptids helpful or hurtful uh <laughs> we don't really know yeah but um yeah so i think something that kept popping up in my research with alaska in general was ufo sightings yeah huge huge thing um up there i did not know this that it was such a, a big deal i i have a question for you though do you think that uh -oh. these no, it's, it's not a hard one. Don't worry. <laughs> um, it, do you think that the uh, frequency of UFO sightings here and like at, in our last episode at Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, there's just, they're dark sky country. So there's just more to see and that's why they're so frequent. Or do you think that there's some spoopy sort of thing happening, causing these things to happen more often? That's, that's a really good question because I, I feel like I land somewhere in between yeah. I think I think there's no coincidence that the bulk of UFO sightings are in certain places. Right. It, it's too weird to, you know, just have all of these sightings in, you know, Arizona or New Mexico or Utah and Alaska mm -hmm. and then just not really elsewhere. Yeah. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, I want to say that I think that if there was less light pollution, every other state would have just as many sightings. And not yeah. to say that they are actual, um, you know, interstellar, interdimensional travelers, but there's definitely more UAP than I think that we're even aware of because yeah. I can't see, you know, anything. And I live in a rural location in Ohio, but there's still enough light pollution to where if I went, if I were to go home to my farm where I grew up, I could see way more in the sky than I can now. So yeah, I think there's more, we just can't see it. But as for what that more is, so the things you see in Alaska, you see in Nevada and Utah. Yeah. I think what was fascinating for me about Alaska was that basically what they're saying is that there's an Alaskan UFO base mm -hmm. and it's a lot of these rumors are surrounding Mount Hayes, which is the highest mountain in the Eastern Alaskan range. And there have been UFO sightings for decades that have so been documented. A UFO base, meaning we built a base to research the UFOs or that the UFOs have a base and they're just chilling. Oh, okay. yes. Yes. So that, yeah, yeah it, it's speculated to house numerous extraterrestrials that's mount hayes for oh, you and okay. ufos so basically what happened everybody was spotting ufos back in like the 1940s 1950s there were enough sightings that the fbi got called in they started investigating the area there was a ton of military personnel coming in and out they were reporting strange phenomena that was happening throughout the years and it got to a point where even in the late 90s there's a former CIA remote viewer, Pat Price, who claimed that the mountain housed one of the aliens' largest bases. And he went on record saying that. And since that, the History Channel, Travel Channel, 
everybody has talked about this place. It has become like this just cultural phenomena in Alaska that this mountain, kind of similar to what we're talking about with uh, Mount Rushmore, housing all those very important documents, <laughs> you know, like, so, yeah. Why do I, I don't... About, like, I, this is the first I'm actually hearing of Mount Hayes, and I feel a little bit silly, um, but honestly, to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, Alaska, there's missing people, mosquitoes, and... <laughs> you know, ice road truckers, I guess, you know, like I didn't really realize. And that's fascinating to me. It's even more fascinating that there's a, some sort of base there or they theorize that there is. Um, yeah. I would love to know, especially in this age where in 2023, there's been a lot of just like not whistleblowers, but people coming out saying like, yeah, there are definitely aliens and just very casually <laughs> saying like, yeah. oh yeah, we've seen a lot of stuff. We, and I think they're definitely here. So I want to hear those people talk about Mount Hayes. Yes. You know? like, Agreed. Get them people from NASA to start chatting it up. Yeah. I think it's funny because I, I went down this rabbit hole of research. Um, and so I don't know if you've ever watched the show Missing in Alaska. Yeah. So they talk about all these, these cryptids, like lake yeah. dragons, Arctic mermaids, demon wolves. They also have an episode, season one, episode three, where they are talking about Mount Hayes and these UFOs. And they did have some really compelling visuals where these guys are showing footage from their camera and it shows just a spot of light that right above the mountain that's kind of hovering and like moving back and forth side to side. It's not, it's definitely not any sort of asteroid or any sort of comet, space debris, whatever. It's its patterns of movement are too odd to be Mm -hmm. anything besides what they're assuming, which I think was really cool. Yeah. I mean, honestly, once I see enough, when you start researching this stuff and you start seeing more and more um, video of it, even, okay. So it's hard to say now, like if I see new video, I'm like, Oh, I'm not sure how I feel about that because anything anymore with like, you know, CGI and AI, it's really, really easy to fake this stuff. But mm-hmm. when you re- I see some older stuff, like, like you know, you're, they're using just like old style uh, camcorders or, you know, whatever they're doing. It's like, okay, now I'm starting to believe it a little bit more. Um, yeah. Especially whenever, like, you get these, like, military footage of like, oh, here's a, you know, some sort of uh, Air Force pilot who just saw something and they have no idea what the heck it is. Um, mm-hmm. So for Missing in Alaska, I'm, I'm curious what you found. Like, do you think that most of the missing persons cases are tied to UFOs or cryptids or is it something more like human malevolency? Like, Oh, there's just a lot of um, like indigenous murders and kidnappings. Is it just a matter of people going into like the parks that they can't get access to and then dying and then no one ever finds them like people going up Mount Everest and it's just like, whoops, we're never going to recover that body. Um, Right. So what, like in your research, what did you find like was the main cause of some of these missing persons? I feel like it's a culmination of everything, to be honest with you. I think it's just like this weird, perfect storm of middle of nowhere, not a lot of resources between each town. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, like I didn't even know there was such thing as an Alaskan triangle. Do you know that? Yeah, so I've heard about the Alaskan Triangle before, but I've heard two things. One, oh my God, it's like the Bermuda Triangle. There's a lot of electromagnetism. There's some strange things going on. There's UFOs. But then I've also heard like, yeah, someone made that up for the History Channel and 
people just like flocked to it because they knew it made a bunch of money. So then they just kept producing things about the Alaskan Triangle, even though it's just BS, basically. Um, yeah, so I don't know if it's all just, you know, just like PR marketing, like, oh, we know we're going to make bank because people love this stuff, or mm-hmm. if there is some truth behind the Alaskan Triangle, because I have heard of it, and in recent times, I've kind of heard about the more, mm, it's kind of like marketing bull, but mm. I don't know. I mean, you could also say the same about the Bermuda, right? Like, I don't, I'm not really aware of, like, all of the missing uh, aircraft and ships and things like that. Um, yeah, I grew up really fearing the Bermuda Triangle. Just, I don't know if I was just going to the library too much. And because I was on a, a downward spiral of like Titanic <laughs> research, Bermuda Triangle, oh, Loch Ness no. Monster. Yeah. But um, yeah, but and then it's just like, you know, all of a sudden people stopped talking about it. Like, the, like it just went away. And now it's what replaced with like a giant trash floating trash uh, dump in the <laughs> middle of the ocean. Like, you know, I do think that there was this time in history where people in our generation where I was also afraid of the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know if I saw like an Unsolved Mystery or a Ren and Stimpy episode about it or something where I'm like, oh God, this is going to kill me. But also, quicksand. Quicksand. I thought quicksand was everywhere. Gotta right. be careful. It might just kill you. Um, <laughs> it's true. So speaking of the Titanic, I know this is a deviation, so I'm assuming you wouldn't get on a submarine to go visit the wreck of the Titanic anytime soon. Hard pass. Okay. Hard. The hardest of passes. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm, but I'm would still, you? I mean, okay. No, Cute. I wouldn't. No, nothing to do with the ocean. It's fascinating and terrifying, but I am not getting on a submarine. That sounds like one of my worst fears. And yeah. the fact that this is now going around in the news that, like, you know, these people went on this voyage and aren't coming back. I'm like, look, I've seen movies. I know yeah. what happens. You don't do that. Yeah, um, horrifying. Like, yeah. and it's just like, I do think I have a, a maybe slight claustrophobia that I didn't even discover mm. until recently that I can't even imagine but yeah it's, yeah it's no you couldn't pay me to to go into the Bermuda Triangle the Alaskan Triangle <laughs> any want- any sort of triangle no geometry for me over here <laughs> well and now with all of the orcas just messing our you know they're just like have like a death squad of orcas like all right guys we've had enough we've been polluting our oceans let's just get these guys i can't say i'm mad at it to be honest you know all right orcas yeah you do your thing i would much rather have them attack us than do the things they do to like seals and other sea life like let them let them have it you know just let them do their thing focus on us start ramming our boats we're a bunch of jerks we get it um so i yeah big uh topic jump (laughs) but speaking of sea creatures uh there is some alaskan sea serpents and monsters also not named with an Essie name. That's okay. They're doing their mm. own thing. But did you do any research on Illy, the Alaskan sea serpent? I did it. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I don't have a lot of information for you, but there is one. It's based out of Lake Elamna, I think, uh, <clears throat> which is the largest in Alaska. And it's known for its sport fishing. But people also know it as the home of Illy, which is the Alaskan Loch Ness Monster. And mm-hmm. it's just basically a huge aquatic creature, maybe shark-like question mark. That's twenty-five to thirty feet long, maybe more. But you know what I'm thinking is like, yeah, 
I, I think this one is absolutely real. One, Alaska, huge, biggest lake up in the Arctic. I would not be surprised if there was some sort of like remnant of, not necessarily like a megalodon, but like some sort of large scale creature in there just doing its thing. Yes. I mean, I feel yeah. like I didn't see any, I mean, you see like these hand-drawn illustrations of what people would assume it's like, but I'm just guessing there's a major whale or shark up there that's just wrecking stuff so yeah but um, maybe just it's like stuck around because it's been allowed to you know not have any human interaction and it can just kind of live peacefully versus absolutely i mean i know i poo-pooed on the whales in the great salt lake but also come on um but i do think like because of the area of alaska of where it is and how you know the um, continents have shifted over the years and passages have closed and opened and things like that i find that very likely that something was just able to move somewhat inland and then just got landlocked and maybe survived over the years or bred and survived. So, yeah, you know. Interesting. Did you come across any descriptions, like physical descriptions? I mean, just basically shark-like features that's maybe 25 to 60 feet long. So hmm. big old shark. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So That's pretty cool. I also really enjoyed um, the Irchinek. Have you, that's, that's the pronunciation I saw. Um, The little people of Alaska. Mm -mm. So not little people, but, but like littler people. So the race of miniature humans. So think of like leprechauns, fae, stuff like Mm. that. So they have extraordinary powers and they are known to live in a different dimension of ours, but like pop over just for funsies. And um they, they, so they look like humans. They have a society like humans, similar to leprechauns and fae. Like they have their own whole inner workings, but they are also mischievous, which a lot of these little people tend to be. <laughs> so mm. they'll lead you astray. They'll, they'll, you know, try and sing songs and lure you to them. They'll kidnap you and then you're spirited away, which is also like a very common thing, I think, in, across cultures are these notions of being spirited away by by creatures and <clears throat> mainly like humanoid like fae or something like that so and i mean i know that we're focusing on um u.s stories but i would love to even do like an international version where we get to talk about some of these like like changelings and fae and all the f- different things that they they do but um the urchinek i, I was saying a cinerot but i that that's definitely not it <laughs> um so basically yeah they, they steal people lure them away but then also We've heard that they're just like silly little mischievous guys who just are up to no good and don't really harm hmm. any humans. But I just find that really fascinating. So like if you're ever traveling and you see like the little fairy doors or like little like fey traps like in the woods where you see like a circle of stones and they're like, do not walk through there. Don't even do it. Don't consider it. That's, that's an <laughs> obvious trap. Um, I just thought that was a really charming, interesting um, story from the – and those are also uh, – an indigenous kind of source story where these interesting yeah huh yeah a lot of these stories that i came across uh there's like one tribe that kept popping up the clinket how do you spell that which one Mm t-l-i-n-g-i-t yeah so it's just uh the clinket tribe had to do with the uh, alaskan triangle and Mm -hmm. the kushtaka um that specifically this tribe was claiming that when it when it came to the Alaskan Triangle that 
it's not just people getting lost in the woods and things like that, but it's actual demons right. and evil spirits that are to blame. Um, and then their tribe was also saying that uh, Keelit, a yeah. black hairless dog, you I heard about those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were saying that that the, the Keelit cryptid was to blame for... 20,000 people going missing uh, in the past 50 years in this triangle of doom. Yeah, I saw I saw a lot about the keylet, but also uh, there was another... Wasn't there a, the adlet, the half-human, half-dog? There were a couple of, like, canine mm. sort of, like, malevolent creatures that would steal or kill people. So this one is coming from Inuit stories. So it has the upper body of a human, lower body of a dog. But I don't know if that means, like, four little legs or just two high legs i don't know which Mm. bottom half they're talking about (laughs) and uh so basically whenever an inuit woman mated with a dog siring five dogs and five adlet so basically they're just i mean it does it's not as evil as the keela it just seems like it's like a kind of like a a, like a bastardized creature that kind of terrorizes the area so Mm. i think there i i thought there was one more canine that was no it's a half bear the cats mm. um also come from the you said they how do you pronounce that clink cling it people clink clink it clink it um yeah. so basically another another person mating within with a bear <laughs> guys stop it yeah no you men stop it <laughs> yeah. um so basically he made a hunter mated with this half bear werebear and then created offspring but i don't know that that this one goes a little bit strange because it said like he was not faithful to his multiple wives mated with a she bear created little bearlings cubs i guess you would call them and then hmm. basically was responsible for the rain in the area the the bear was because she mourned his death question mark that one i apologize for that that is not a real story that was like five sentences of question marks but (laughs) i thought i just came across that one as another like half human half animal hybrid it's interesting these just folklore in general you know i feel like we touch on it in every episode that there's just a little bit of folklore thrown in especially tied to cryptids Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in certain areas which you know depending on what you believe i feel like yeah. I will say, though, that it's no surprise that there are so many, <clears throat> we said this earlier, but with all of the indigenous peoples in the area, the massive amount of square mileage in Alaska that just isn't covered. And then also, whenever you look at the missing person stats, so like, I think total missing peoples, there's the most in California. But when you're looking like per capita, Alaska is like by and large, the like the most missing people in this country. Mm. And whether that is like of natural reasons or whatever i can see why that this is you know kind of supporting this myth and obviously you know i think there is a lot of problems in our country with you know indigenous peoples in have being the victims of you know these missing person cases are never getting solved but i'm curious whenever it involves so many cryptid lore like how that actually exists along that sort of statistic in modern culture like do yeah. people in modern times see this as a reality like these cryptids and these missing piece 
missing persons or is it something that has evolved to, you know, this is a societal problem and we need to fix it? Um, either way, terrifying and awful. And it's just shocking to see how many people are missing. I think that's a really great point that you just brought up that, you know, maybe if you ask that same question 40 years ago, 50 years ago, people mm -hmm. would be citing things like the Alaskan Triangle and cryptids and, and folklore. And, but there's something that to be said about time passing and us not really relying on things like that anymore, but us really making these just, it's like we don't even consider, you know, unexplained situations. It's really just factual scientific yeah. has to be they have to be missing because they've been murdered or kidnapped um and it's interesting how i feel like just perspective may have shifted within the past few decades on yeah. you know everything is is just people are they they want proof they want to yeah. know i mean i wonder if you put these things on a chart and just like watched over time like as a culture evolves like as you see people like go through like um like revolutions and renaissances and things that just naturally happen as your culture evolves like do we see that within every single culture you have these cryptids that are responsible for deaths you have spirits that are res responsible for stillborn babies and you know people dying young and it's like oh it's, it's succubus they're, they're sitting on their chest sucking the life out of them and it's not sleep apnea you know so i just find it fascinating to kind of tie these things together because i love these stories and how we suspend disbelief but I also want to find like what are the other causes that we tell these stories to each other um yeah so it's, I think it's fascinating still I agree <laughs> yeah right <laughs> still horrendous but yeah. um no I thought what was really cool uh just in terms of Alaska in general when they're basically just the amount of missing people it's a lot mm -hmm. there could be a wide variety of reasons why they, a lot of people are like, oh, well, let's just chalk it up to the Alaskan Triangle. Or also, I don't know if you heard about the Alaskan Vortex, yes. which was another whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That one, like I thought I had a bow on this like research. I'm like, okay, I got the triangle. I got some cryptids. I had some stats about things. And then like the Alaskan Vortex, I'm like, I, what is this? Yeah. So, so fascinating. Okay. Do, do you believe in just like, I guess to start, do you believe in certain areas of the world and specifically the country that we're in right now having different like energetic differentials compared to other places? So like, what's that? Not, it's not ley lines, but like just like having, I know what you're talking about. Maybe. Look, okay. I feel like if I, if there's a lot of natural reasons why that could I'm not saying just vibes and energy, um, but also what if I lived on a mountain that was like really, really rich in iron and it polluted the water or, you know, like maybe that causes something. Maybe there's some unexplained reason, but kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I, I'll put my toe over that line of belief. Um, how about you? Okay. Yeah, I do. I think I think there's so much that we haven't researched in terms of. uh you know, not, not talking like metaphysical energy and you're going to feel different if you step into this place, but just how like, you know, they're just, I don't know if you know anything about Sedona and that being like a huge energy, energetic mm -hmm. place in terms of just, um, 
you know, geography and, and what you were saying, like with mountains and I just feel like this earth as a whole internally, we haven't explored enough to know, to like rule certain things out. You know what I mean? Like there might be different places that have different attributes in terms of geography that we, we can't even tap into yet with, you know, human mind and science. Well, even anecdotally, we talked about in small town getaways last season about how many of these like idyllic small towns are next to water and why Mm. that could be an actual factor of making these places more, um, you know, more peaceful or calming or meditative. And there, you know, there are beliefs and cultures all across the world that have that kind of same thing, like Ayurvedic beliefs. Like if you're, oh, you're, your Pitakafa is like out of order. You need to get closer to water, get more further away from it, get closer to fire. Like, so sure, maybe there is some truth to that. As you said, maybe mm. we just haven't researched enough and don't really know, but yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Alaskan vortex, uh, what did you, what did you research? What did you come up with? So, I mean, to be honest, not much. I was just like kind of in the tippy toes of it because it's like, I, I was mistakenly thinking that it had to do with like electromagnetic fields and that's what it was, but I don't think that's the case. It's, or is I it? I think like, it might be. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's what I, I researched was that basically it's just a large concentration of like these weird magnetic anomalies Okay. that created this theory that it's a space vortex is See, essentially what, what they're saying. That's what threw me because whenever I was looking, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like they're ele- like overlapping or like polar opposite electromagnetic fields and it's causing some funkiness. I okay, get it, get it. Then it's like space vortex. I'm like, okay, well, you lost right. me. <laughs> you lost right. me. But um, <laughs> yeah. So basically what, what some people are saying is that this vortex has the ability to transport things into another dimension. And okay. this is... This a lot of people believe that believe in the space vortex believe that this is why so many people go missing okay. is because they're just like leaving our dimension. So look, I we don't know. And I would say that there are so many really intelligent people in our world that theorize that, you know, there could be parallel universes, different brains of the universe, like like these like membranes that are just like layered on top of each other you know, alternate dimensions. I mean, we don't know. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, maybe if someone went missing, I really hope that they do their due diligence and actually look for them and they're just like, oh, space vortex. Another one lost. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, so it's fascinating. But yeah, I do hope that we use what's at our disposal first to kind of figure it out. I will say that I do find it fascinating that they call uh, these places around the world with these, like, whether it's electromagnetic, whatever's, the vile vortices. Did you see that? No. Um, So the most famous being the Bermuda Triangle, the Alaskan Triangle, so the the Algerian Megalith, Timbuktu, the Indus Valley in Pakistan, Hamakulia Volcano in Hawaii, probably did not pronounce that correctly, so sorry. Uh, The Devil's Sea near Japan, the South Atlantic, and the North and South Poles. So, Hmm. I mean, if there are enough areas on this world where there's a strange phenomenon and, like, the actual energy or magnetic fields are strange enough, you know, yeah, maybe. Interesting. I would love to see more research on this. Mm -hmm. Fascinates me. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so Alaska, lots of stuff going on. Lots of creepy stuff. Uh, yes. Alaska is a scary but beautiful place. Uh. <laughs> well, what was that other one um, that's going to be on the bumper sticker? Just a perfect area for serial killers to flourish. That, that needs to be a t-shirt. Not to make fun at people's murders and all of that, but also, I'm not, that's... <laughs> That's great. Also, take your uh, mosquito nets and protection if you go up there. Like, literal, oh cover gosh, your body yeah. in nets, not just off spray. So. Yeah. No. Um, so, also, in the show notes, again, we're going to drop some articles from Only in Your State. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have really great information on Only in Your State about these urban legends throughout the United States. This specifically is going to be Alaska, but... Um, and I'm going to drop an article about the the small town in Alaska that has the most paranormal activity. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Nice. That was a fun read. Number yeah. one on your travel list. And then also, <laughs> I did see an Illinois Your State article that's like basically a, a roundup list of like the 10 creepiest things you can do in Alaska, which I'm sure that list Ooh. is bigger than 10 by now. But uh, yeah. yeah, definitely worth checking out. Cool. We'll share that too. And we will see everybody next time for our final episode of the season, Massachusetts. Going to be a good one. If you're up for an audio adventure, we will be exploring local lores and legends in the U.S. on season two of Not Your Average Bucket List, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. So make sure to like, subscribe, and join us. Only in Your State is an award-winning travel publisher that uncovers hidden gems and local favorites across the U.S. We have a presence in all 50 states with a passionate following of fellow travelers looking to get out and explore. Head on over to OnlyInYourState.com to find the best attractions in your backyard and beyond.